Welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, the Puma, and the Pro Football Radio Senior Contributor, Eric Burgess. The Burge fellas, welcome in to Podcast 71. Woo! New little recording schedule coming at you live right before Rams uh, Pats. Uh, I know Burge is, is frothing to uh, to get into his team today. Uh, Bur- oh yeah, Burge, how was uh, how was Happy Land today or Happy Land the last couple of days? Uh, and uh, you know, tell us your thoughts on this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am pumped for this game. I uh, I just got done working three overnight shifts, man. And I know we'll get into it in a little bit, but these overnight shifts dragged. And uh, let's just say this pod recording and the game tonight is what got me through the week. There you go. Look at that. Look at that. All right, so as the boys mentioned, uh, we're essentially going to be talking about the Patriots taking on the Rams tonight. Um, give you guys an update on the state of affairs for the Patriots. We'll talk about the Giants and their four-game win streak. And then we'll jump into some game previews. We'll preview um, Minnesota versus Tampa Bay. Um, we'll do Pittsburgh versus Buffalo and Baltimore versus Cleveland. And then additionally, we're going to go ahead and give you guys our takers to the bank parlay and some fantasy bullets with birds. So do you guys, uh, you guys ready to get into this? Let's, Let's do it. go. Awesome. So Puma, you know, you said you wanted to talk about the Giants. Uh, what's on your mind, sir? Uh, I, I just think uh, that the, the Giants, they, they really have hit it with the, the Joe Judge hire. And I know that hire at the beginning of the offseason was kind of panned by a lot of people, especially, you know, people in the region. Jay, I know you had some some thoughts on on them going after Joe Judge as the head coach. But, I mean, we're we're going into week 14 right now. This team has, has really – they've bought into everything that Joe Judge has been selling to the organization, to the locker room. They've been playing hard in every single game this season, short of that the the 49ers game where I think they lost like 31 to 9. But beyond that, I mean, they they were playing teams super hard. They they took it to the limit with Tampa Bay. They've been extremely competitive in these games. Uh, the defense is finally starting to come around and the offensive line I don't know if it's really because he fired Mark Colombo, and depending on who you follow on Twitter, he may or may not have gotten into fisticuffs with the guy in his office. But, I mean, when was the last time anybody has said that the New York Giants have had a functional offensive line? I think you would have to go back a decade to, to even find any semblance of somebody being uh, excited about this offensive line. Uh, they're getting pushed. Wayne Gallman is is balling out of his freaking mind right now. And I I was a Joe Judge believer. I, I even rewatched his press conference uh, Monday, his introductory press conference at the hire. And, you know, call it a little bit of bias because I, I worked in the education field for about seven years. But, you know, going back and listening to his speech and talking about, you know, we're going to attack this as, you know, almost like an educator kind of deal. We're going to cater to these players in different ways and how some people are going to respond better to old school lecture while some people actually have to get hands on and do things. And you're seeing it in the product right now. I mean, it'd be nice if Evan Ingram could be the tight end that we all thought he was going to be coming out of Ole Miss. But, I mean, you can't look at this at this team right now. They're at the top of the NFC East. And even as a whole, this NFC East has, has been playing a lot more competitive football, regardless of the Dallas lack of showing against Baltimore. But, I mean, you, you have 
Washington and, and the Giants tied at five and seven, and with how these guys are playing, they do have an outside chance of one of these guys, if they don't win the division, could possibly make a run and, and be a wild card team. So I really like what Joe Judge is doing. I'm, I'm buying into what Joe Judge is selling to this organization, and uh, this is something that Giants fans have needed for a very, very long time. Yeah, listen, I'll agree, I'll agree on that, man. I, I do think the Giants are starting to get into a good little groove here. They got a four-game win streak going. And, and most of the reason, you know, that's happening, those wins are piling up now, is because, you know, their defense is playing really good football right now. You know, entering the season, we thought their defense was going to be the Achilles heel. But I do believe the stellar play of those players on defense has really done wonders for them. Um, players, you know, they brought in such as Logan Ryan and James Bradbury and Blake Martinez. I mean, these guys are starting to essentially show their worth, right? Even Jabril Peppers is having a, a hell of a uh, hell of a run hell, here. Leonard Williams like, too. That Leonard trade Williams, was yep, panned yep, yep. big time last year. Mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. he's gonna go, he's gonna be getting paid in the off season. Yeah, and you could see this building, man. You could see it building the last two or three weeks. They took the the Buccaneers to the wire, and then they all kind of came to a crescendo when they totally suffocated the Seattle Seahawks over the last. Uh, last last weekend uh, on on Sunday, but but I'm not getting that far ahead of myself. Um, I I just find it funny that a five and seven team, especially in that division with how bad it is, is getting all this love now. All of a sudden, uh, call me maybe the hater that I am, and just because of my Patriots ties and just how much I hate the Giants, <laughs> um, I, I don't. I'm not gonna jump up and down and you know give them all this praise like everybody else is giving them. Um, I still think that Washington's probably going to end up winning this uh, this division um, because at the end of the day, I'm still not very much sold on Joe Judge, right? I mean, at the end of the day, the guy was, uh, you know, a, a defensive, I'm sorry, a special teams coach that came in and became a head coach, which is not, you know, which is not normal. I mean, at the end of the day, I do know John Harbaugh did that. Um, but I really, really lost a lot of respect from when that, that, that rumor started circulating about how he and Mark Colombo got into an altercation. And, and you know, I, I choose to believe that, you know, with the stories out there that they actually did get to the point where they had fisticuffs going and if that's the case then i as as a giants fan or even as a, if from giants ownership i'm sitting there thinking to myself is that the is that your solution to things is you have to get into a fucking fist fight with somebody when you're trying to fire them like i for think me, mark colombo swung at I, I don't care i don't care who swung on who you as a ceo of your team essentially the, the head coach and the quarterback play co-ceos for for a football franchise if your answer to a problem is to swing on somebody even if they attack you first i I think I would not be happy about that. Uh, for me, I lost all respect for him in that endeavor, um, and, and I don't think that's something that it might it might galvanize the team this year. But it, I, I personally don't think that's a recipe for success in the NFL. If that's what you've got to resort to to resolve your problems. Look, look, I the the the, the, the Joe Judge coaching signing this off past off season, I thought was comical i i did not think that it was going to work out at all i kind of agreed with you on that jay i wasn't a believer at all uh in that but it seems like the team is definitely buying in um the four game win streak i mean obviously holding the seahawks to 12 points i mean the defense is carrying this team and while you know you can pump the brakes a little bit they're five and seven and all that but they were what one and seven four weeks ago so i mean the team is, is definitely catching some uh, some fire here. And, you know, I'm, I'm starting to buy into what Joe Judge is doing there, too. And, you know, they're doing it without arguably their best player in Saquon Barkley the whole season. Um, and they're finding it right now. I mean, you throw Saquon Barkley into this right now, who knows what this team is doing. Um, going forward, though, you, you have to be concerned about, about Daniel Jones. You know, he's hurt now. And, you know, it, you have to be concerned about the quarterback position for them going forward. 
their defense. I love what they're doing on defense. They've helped my fantasy team the whole year. And, you know, I never thought I would ever be buying into the Giants' defense, especially early on when they were getting spanked. Um, you know, and who would have thought they were going to get flexed into prime time at the end Dude, of the season? it warmed my heart to see Dallas get knocked down to the one <laughs> o'clock game. Well, well you, know what's <laughs> funny? you know what's funny about that? I wonder how Jerry Jones is feeling with somebody in the NFC East that's taking their spot on prime time. I think I think that's what's probably got hurt the most, right? It's like seeing an old ex doing much better than you, right? <laughs> uh, Cowboys don't deserve anything this year. They're an absolute joke. Oh, I mean, warms my joke. heart. They're an absolute joke, but they're two games better than the Giants. It's not like it's a vast like difference in regards to their records. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a fucking dumpster fire in the NFC East, and. And listen, I just, I just don't. I understand the Giants are playing at a, at a pretty good level right now. They have a four-game win streak, um, but like, I'm not ready to buy into this team just. I'm not ready to buy into Joe Judge either. It's a nice little streak. It's four games. We'll see how the rest of the season pans out. Hater raid. Yep. Hater I'm just, raid. I'm just, I'm going off the record. Five and seven in the in the NFL is not a good record. Uh, I don't know where we're getting this this love for for Giants all of a sudden just because of the four game win streak. At one point they were one and seven, like you said, Burge, and they're still five and seven. Hey. And you know, as we all know, you are what your record says. You are in the NFL. Right. The, right. But, but like the playoffs. And like, exactly. They get in the playoffs in 2020 and everybody's one COVID test away from having the house of cards come down with how this defense is playing. Daniel Jones may be playing this week. I mean, the, 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 the Washington football team and this team, they're playing out of their fucking minds right now. So they, you know, get in the playoffs and, you know, all bets are off at this point. Jay, well, let me ask you this. If they beat the Cardinals on Sunday, well, are, that's you gonna, my next... are you more of a buyer? No, absolutely not. Because I think the I think the Cardinals, and this is going to be one of my takeaways this week, but I decided not to do it. But I do think the Cardinals are, are pretty big frauds um, in the NFL. They're they're on a four what three game lo- losing streak now. Um, if it wasn't for that hell mary pass, it would have been a five game losing streak. So um, I think they're four. Was it four the last? Regardless, whatever the numbers are, all, all I know is the Arizona Cardinals are, are in a free fall right now, and I do believe the Giants have a good chance of winning this game. Um, I still think Kyler Murray is not right, um, so maybe that might play into this, and the defense might feast on some of the errors that Kyler Murray is going to make. If they do win that game, maybe I, uh, maybe I start looking at this team a little differently, but I mean, at that point, they're still 6-7. and seven. Like I can't, I can't get over that record. What, 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 For what me, if they go 3-1 and one down the stretch? What if they go 3-1 and one down the stretch here? And they're, what, 9-7 and seven at the end of the day? Uh, or 8-8. Eight, eight. Eight uh, that's a middle yeah, pack I mean, team. That's a middle pack team. That's gonna get. That's a middle pack team that's gonna get dusted. Winning by the seven Rams. of your last eight games, though, you don't think they kind of found something there? I, I still think they're gonna get dusted in the, in, in the playoffs. Like whoever they end up playing, whether it's the Rams or whoever falls into that that first uh, playoff seed, uh, that first wild card spot, I think they're gonna get dusted by by that team. I thought that no seven in 2011 too. Look what happened. So. Well, that, that's a different scenario, man. That was a much better team than this team. Like, uh, like yeah, this defense is playing well, but it wasn't that defense with Uminyora and Strahan, all those guys. I, I feel like oh. it's a different level. My point is it's, it's whoever gets hot at the end of the year can make a run to the Super Bowl in the NFL. If they're hot going into the playoffs, you're talking about one game, three consecutive weeks to get to the Super Bowl, they can do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to write it off. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but I'm not going to write them off saying that it's absolutely no chance. Yeah. Yeah, well, listen, in my mind, there's no chance, but obviously we'll see how, how that plays out. Uh, Puma, who do you think is going to end up winning that Cardinals-Giants game? I don't think we got your take on that yet. Oh, I, I got the Giants going in this game. I mean, it's it's at it's at MetLife. I, I think the forecast is calling for what December weather should be and, you know, cold and, and windy. And, you know, there's still a lot of question marks about Kyler Murray's shoulder. 
This defense is playing out of their mind. Daniel Jones may be back on the Cardinal side of things. Um, Kenyon Drake was limited to practice. Larry Fitzgerald, I think, just came off the COVID list. Isaiah Simmons missed practice. Uh, you know, they're kind of the walking wounded right now. So I'll, I'll take the Giants, and they're, they're kind of one of my best bets this week as well, too. All right, cool. Um, any final thoughts uh, for you, Burge, on this game before we move on? No, I'm, I'm with Puma on this. Uh, everything he said, I'll echo it. I think awesome. the Giants can pull this one out. So, All right, now let's get to the main crux of the podcast. Let's go. Patriots talk. Here we go. <laughs> The 6-6 six and six Patriots are taking on the 8-4 and four Los Angeles Rams in about, what, four hours from now? Um, yep. We, as Patriots fans, both myself and Burge, are super excited about what we saw from them uh, coming off this victory against the Chargers this past week, 45-0, a good dominating win. Burge, what did you see uh, out of that win that you liked, and what are you looking for tonight? Uh, well, I'll say this. Uh, going back to last Sunday, uh, I did not expect uh, this Patriots team to blow any team out this year. If there was any team that I thought they were going to do it against, it was the New York Jets, and let's just be honest, they almost lost that game. Um, you know, you say what you want about the Chargers. They're, you know, they have a lot of talent on their team, but their coaching staff is absolutely atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of felt bad for Herb- watching Justin Herbert out there because I'm a big believer in him. I'm buying him hard for the next 10 years Same. Um, out there in L.A. But, you know, it, it felt really good to see this team show up, and it was, not, you know, as much as I have said on record, that I love close games and that I love the fact that mm-hmm. these games are going to be mm-hmm. intense to the end. Watching this game on Sunday, it was so nice and I have to get invested in it. And yeah. Dude, it, felt, it the- felt it felt like our old Patriots. For a quick second, you kind of get lost in the score in the game a little bit. You're like, oh, shit, when you look down with 38-0, it felt like it was the olden days, right? Where we just kind of blow teams down and steamroll them. <laughs> you know, it felt, it felt really good to see it. And like I said, say what you want about the Chargers, but – I don't think uh, anybody expected them to shut out the Chargers on Sunday, mm-hmm. given the mm-hmm. talent they have on offense with Eckler back, Keenan Allen, and the way Herbert's been balling out this year. Yeah. All three facets of the team of the game for the Patriots worked, and uh, you know we'll start with the defense and the special teams. Obviously, special teams was huge with the blocked field goal return for a touchdown, the uh, Olszewski punt return for a touchdown. Um, you know, it all looked good. That being said, the passing game still really concerns me going forward and the fact that Jared Stidham came in in garbage time and almost out through yeah out uh, through Cam Newton what mm-hmm. through what how many passes 60 some yards as well he was like 67 69 61 61 passing yards for Stidham on two and attempts 69 for, for for Newton Newton now now one of those attempts was like a little dump off that went like you know 40 yards or whatever it was yeah but 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 still I mean I liked what I saw out of mm-hmm. Jared Stidham. I was finally nice to see him go into an environment that wasn't, uh, you know, a, you know, a lost cause at that point. I mean, it was nice to see him get out there and throw the ball. I mean, he looked really good throwing the ball in the three attempts that he had, um, you know, with the touchdown uh, out there at the end of the game. Um, obviously, the rushing attack is still what it is. I mean, 165 yards on the ground between Damian Harris, Cam Newton, and Sony Michelle, which that's a whole other thing, but... Um, it was nice Panasonic to see. It was, just, it was just nice to see. I, I just have concerns again about the passing game going forward because it was another lackluster performance from uh, from the passing game. Basically, two weeks in a row, you're looking at 150 yards combined in those two games. Yeah. So that's a little concerning, especially tonight going up against the uh, the Rams defense. 
So, I mean, listen, I think you hit it all in the head there now. I'm not going to go through all that again. But listen, it was good to see them play great complementary football. I mean, all all three phases of the game, they were they're playing really, really well. And this is the first time that I saw defense assert their dominance on an opposing quarterback that I have a lot of respect for. I think we all do. I also have a lot of respect for that Chargers offense in general. Obviously, the Chargers have their issues with the coaching staff and the special teams and blah, blah, blah. But I do have, I do have a lot of respect for that offense. And the fact that you made Justin Herbert look that confused like he at one point didn't have any idea where the blitz was coming from at all he had mm-hmm. no idea where it's coming from and Justin Herbert statistically is, is is like number one number two against the blitz throughout the year so that was good to see right but but just like you said man is this sustainable um, the way we're winning uh, I, I don't know maybe um, we'll have to see um, but the fact that they rely on their passing attack they don't rely on their passing attack at all to win games is a little bit concerning especially in the day and age we are today right uh, 69 yep. yards again for Cam Newton all I want is a 100 yard passing game from somebody I don't know if that's too much to ask from this team. We had this conversation last week, but it seems like it might be. Um, and so, you know, without with, you know putting all the, the the good stuff aside, I'm still not happy with seeing uh, not seeing the improvement that I want on offense. Now, going forward, it, it's a must win. It's a must win out for us to get into the playoffs, right? Isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think the percentage yep. is if we win out, it's like what a 12 percent chance that we get in, or whatever the numbers are that break down to. So it's not good. But obviously, first things first, we've got to win out and looking to this game tonight i think the thing that i'm going to watch out for is you know can the rams essentially the, the real question for me is are the rams better equipped to handle the six-man front that caused them so much troubles in the super bowl from two years ago right two years ago you know we had high tower on those boys getting after jared goff and we put a lot of pressure on, on the pressure on that offense uh with our six-man front um is that something we can repl- replicate tonight uh, and, and if we can i think we'll have a good chance of winning um but if not then, then i think this is going to be uh a long night for us for me for me it's the it's the offensive side of the patriots versus the defense of mm-hmm. the uh, the Rams tonight you know I are they going to be able to move the ball you know establish the run early and get push up front which you know I feel confident in the Patriots offensive line going into this game but they are facing Aaron Donald mm-hmm. um, out there and you know but I think sec- I think I think with our attack and how we run the ball we're not asking Cam Newton to get back there and essentially wait for three seconds before he throws the football so Donald can't back can't get, can't get back there and sack him and generally speaking Donald yes he is good at at, uh, at run defense as well but obviously his his key yeah. is pass rushing right so I think the way we play and the style that we're gonna play tonight is gonna negate some of that pa- some of that uh, run uh, that pass rushing abilities very well could and you know at the end of the day when they do ask Cam Newton to pass. Um, it's going to be protecting the football, and you know they can't turn the ball over. <laughs> it's going to be an adventure, yeah. and I mean, they just can't turn the ball over. Yeah, and I mean, like to, to piggyback on that, like that's the the style of play for for New England right now. I mean, that's that's going to work when they're in the driver's seat. But you know, the mm-hmm. the, the the big difference for the Rams compared to a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl is. Now they have Cooper Cup back. Like, Cooper Cup wasn't in that Super Bowl. And I think this offense is a lot better suited when Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are going. I, I love those two guys in this spot uh, tonight against the, uh, against the, the Pats. And I, I think we're going to see, you know, those two guys at their finest getting in space. And I think we can all agree here that Sean McVay is a better head coach than, than Anthony Lynn for the Chargers. And I, I think, oh, yeah. you know, the, the, the coaching is going to be – vastly vastly different i think they're good these guys are going to be put in positions to succeed and you know i know 
Jalen Ramsey is more of like a, is, is a shutdown kind of corner, but th- there really isn't a wide receiver threat on this team. Yeah, I guess you could say like Demir Bird and, and Jacoby Myers. But like, I mean, with with all that being said, like, I don't think it's that far beyond the realm of possibility that Sean McVay and company try to throw a wrinkle in things. And hey, like, we'll have Jalen Ramsey do a corner blitz off the edge. Like, I mean, that I, I wouldn't know what to do if I'm Cam Newton. I'm not used to seeing him do anything. Uh, and, and blitz packages and whatnot. So, I mean, I like the Rams in this game. I think the defense is still going to roll for the Rams. New England uh, last week was averaging 4.4 yards per play. The game prior against Arizona it was like 3.6. I, I think this defense is going to roll. I think the – I know Jared Goff is Jekyll and Hyde, but I think we're going to get a, another kind of a, a decent performance out of Jared Goff. And he seems to like playing on Thursday night football, 114 passer rating over his career on Thursday night. Uh, give me the Rams, the point spread. It actually got betted down by a lot. It opened at six. It's now down to four and a half. Uh, I'm laying the points with the Rams at four and a half and the over-unders at 45. I kind of like the under in this game as well, too. Hate a raid. <laughs> I, I mean, okay, okay. So, like, what, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do when you're down? When you're down two scores and your quarterback can't hit the 80, 80 pass yard mark? For like, I, know, I mean, so what sad. are you, what are you going to do? Listen, like, oh, we're, we're just gonna run the ball thirty more times and just shorten the game, and so we can leave Los Angeles? Like, no, Puma, I, you, if they get have, down, they're not gonna win. No, you have a valid point. I made this point last week, right? Like, you can't just go into a game and say we're gonna run it. 85% of the time, like at some point you've got to keep the defense honest by just, you know, a little bit of a passing attack. I'm not asking for a lot. I'm not asking for 150 yards or 115, uh, just like 100 yards. Like if we can get to that, I think that would help us quite a bit in opening up the running attack. Um, I think that's going to happen. I do think we're going to be able to move the ball a little bit, hopefully. I mean, it's just wishful thinking. I don't have any any proof or or evidence to back that up with over the last couple of weeks from the Patriots that I've seen. Um, but I do think we're going to be able to move the ball a little better through the year today, and that's why I think I have this game as my take to the bank game. I got the Patriots go. winning 24-21 over the Rams, and I would uh, I would take the points at 4.5 for, for the Patriots. Oh. Final final thoughts for me. Uh, I think Bill Belichick is going to scheme this defense up to basically confuse Jared Goff, just like they confused Justin Herbert. Obviously, uh, Jared Goff's more of a veteran than, than Herbert is, but we saw it in the Super Bowl. He couldn't move the ball at all, and yes, Cooper Cup is going to be back tonight. I have faith that the, pass, the passing attack is going to be somewhat neutralized by the Patriots' defense. The Rams can't figure out who, who's going to run the ball, whether it's Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, or Malcolm Brown. Uh, give me the Patriots tonight just because uh, they need it and I want them to win. Um, I, I, I would li- I would agree with you, Puma. I like the under in this game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. And uh, give me the Patriots 21-17. to Close game down to the end. Yeah. And, and last question I'll, before we move off this topic is, if the, if the Patriots lose tonight, is the season over? Uh, well, is this their season tonight? I, I, I think their season is every game. Um, if they don't win, I mean, they're not going to be mathematically eliminated. But it's almost, it's almost like close it's to almost, it, right? almost, yeah. almost close to it. I mean, they they need a lot of help. They got they had that great win on Sunday. They got zero help. Thank from, you, Jets. Thank you, the Jets. Thank you, Deshaun Watson for fumbling the snap. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was a bad snap. I won't put it completely on. Yeah, him, that's not thank on you, Watson. That. That's on the center. Yep. <laughs> and then thank you, Dallas, for laying an egg against Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got mm-hmm. they needed three teams to lose. They didn't get any one of them. 
So they need to keep pace. They need to keep winning. And, you know, for me, the, the realistic path is they need to win out. I won't write them off completely until they're mathematically eliminated. But I will say if Cam Newton again struggles tonight, the Patriots lose, I'll probably be calling for Jarrett Stidham next week. Yeah, I feel you on that. All right, let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings at 6-6, six and six, taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 7-5. and five. Pumo, he got to win this game. Um, I, I'm feeling froggy. Uh, this is going to be my take it to the bank Ooh. leg of the parlay. I like Minnesota in this game. They're six-and-a-half-point dogs. I'm taking the points, six-and-a-half for the Vikings. Uh, I mean, they're coming off of a, a, a th- I, I guess you could say, a air quote thrilling football game versus the, the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars. They went to overtime. Uh, they, they squeaked out a win. Uh, it was a weird weekend real quick for football. I mean, you had the Jets almost winning, and then Greg Williams does everybody a favor and calls zero blitz. So yeah. they lose, and they still stay ahead in well, the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. I think Greg even though Greg Williams, Williams got fired. Greg Williams but, um, should never have to pay for his dinner in New York City ever again. Absolutely not. Like, when, the, like, the, I was like the complete opposite of the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, I was listening to, to New York Sports Radio, and everybody was like, man, why would you do that? Why would you call Cover Zero? And it's like, like you you want to lose at this point. Like, th- this is what it is. Like, I would be dr- having a parade down the Canyon of Heroes with <laughs> with um, – with Greg Williams and his one little gray hair that's kind of like the curly thing in the front of his head uh, as the grand marshal of that parade when Trevor Lawrence comes to town. So, like you said, Jay, he shouldn't have to buy a drink or dinner for the rest of his life in New York. But, I mean, real quick, they're coming off of a win uh, versus Jacksonville. Dalvin Cook, 32 carries, 120 yards, six receptions for 59 yards. He didn't find the end zone. I think that's going to change this week. Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson, to me, I think he's the offensive rookie of the year at this point. Uh, nine, nine receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown in that game. Uh, right now for the season, he, he hit – the 1,000-yard receiving mark, uh, 1,039 yards, fourth highest in the NFL. Adam Thielen off his game, uh, first game back from the COVID list, eight receptions, 75 yards, and a touchdown. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game because Minnesota, they're 23rd on total defense. Um, Tampa Bay's coming off of a bye. I want to see what this Buccaneers offense looks like coming out of the bye, seeing if there was any concessions made mm-hmm. uh, for for the offense. Of, are they going to incorporate more of Tom Brady's kind of ideas to the offense? Are they still going to stick with the no-risk-it, no-biscuit uh, kind of deal? Um, the only thing that kind of scares me is the defense for Tampa Bay. I mean, they were, they were getting dialed up and, and gassed. Uh, a couple of times going into this bye, uh, I kind of want to see how they look. I think they'll be able to get some push against the Minnesota Vikings offensive line. I think JPP and uh, and Sue would uh, would get at least a sack apiece uh, in their stat sheet this week. But I, I like Minnesota. I'm taking the points. The over-unders at 51 and a half. Uh, the over is not my best bet, but I, I like the over in this game. Uh, but give me the Vikings. Nice. Birch, you got to win this game. Uh, I'm going to echo a lot of what uh, what Puma said here. Um, you know, the Vikings, they're coming off a win, you know, albeit it was a little scary for them uh, going overtime against the Jaguars. Uh, they're, they're fighting for their playoff lives here. I mean, it looks like they're, you know, they're only one game ahead of the NFC East teams. You know, the Bears and the Lions are also making noise in that division. They're only one game back of, of the Vikings. Um, you know, I, I, I've been kind of selling on Tampa Bay all year. Call me a hater, Jay, if you want to. But no, listen, um, hey, you, you got every right to, man. Especially with how they played the last few weeks. You know, I, I just, I, I don't have faith that that coaching staff will do it, mm-hmm. do do what they need to do to win. I mean, 
Brady hasn't really looked great at all throwing the ball deep, and they seem to keep going back to it um, down there in Tampa Bay. Um, the Vikings, I, I love I love me some Jeff, Justin Jefferson. I agree. Offensive rookie of the year. He's been great. Been great for my fantasy team this year. It was nice, uh, nice pickup in the rookie draft. Uh, but, uh, you know, both teams have to win this game. And, you know, I mean, the, the Buccaneers are, you know, flirting with missing the playoffs if they lose this game. So I think it's going to be a close game. Um, what did you say the points were again? Uh, there, uh, six and a half. I, if I'm betting, I'm betting Vikings that, here. I think it's going to be close. And that, But I, I, I like Minnesota to win outright. That's a massive number, man. I did not right. think this number was going to be 6.5. That seems, because... that seems off. Like, I was mm-hmm. – mm, Take that, six man. And a half. Take that. Six I took, and a half I points, took the man. six and a half points. And and Do real quick, uh, Jay, before you you chime in, uh-huh. uh, Evans missed practice today mm-hmm. with a hamstring Whoa. injury. He was limited mm-hmm. yesterday with the same kind of deal. Godwin was limited yesterday. I believe he had pins removed from his hands, mm-hmm. uh, but it looks like he might be able to play Sunday. But Evans isn't trending in the right direction right now to to play on, on Sunday. So that's definitely something to watch. Well, listen, I, I think I, I'm the biggest Tom Brady, you know, fan on, on this podcast. And, you know. Not true. I mean. Oh, here we go. Uh, here we go. We, we, don't have, we don't have time to get Who's got the love. tattoo of Brady on their ass? <laughs> I have more than one. But oh, I, oh. oh. But I, I do have some serious concerns about this Buccaneers team. And you can see. There will be times in a drive that Tom Brady has control of the offense and he's running what he wants to run. And then you can see a bullshit throw-down-the-field call come in where he's forcing the ball way downfield and, and throwing an interception, right? Um, there, there needs to be some sort of meshing of the offenses, of the philosophies. I still cannot believe we're, what, uh, 13 weeks into the NFL season and they're still trying to figure out what the identity is. I think that is the most concerning thing for me because at this point, you've got to know what your identity is. We just talked about the Patriots and they know what their identity is. Is they're gonna run the hell out of the ball. It's gonna be power run, even and they're gonna they're even gonna power run with the, with the quarterback as well. But they know who they are. Unfortunately, Tampa they don't. Right. Um, hopefully, this bye week you know came and they took some time and they sat down and tried to figure it out. But I am concerned that the, the Buccaneers might not make the playoffs because these next four games they're not gonna be easy. I know we all joke about the Falcons. They're like what four and two over the last six weeks. I mean, we've got the Buccaneers got the Falcons twice. Um, they've got the the uh, Minnesota Vikings, and I forget who the other team is, but Lions. I mean, listen, those are not easy layup games, right? So on the other end, I do see the Minnesota Vikings being able to. Uh, come in and maybe run the ball effectively uh, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. I mean, we've talked about it at nauseum that that defense uh, for for the Buccaneers is is reeling right now. They've had some really bad performances, and I can see Kirk Cousins coming off the play action and gashing up deep downfield because of how how bad the secondary is for the Buccaneers. Now, I'm simply gonna go ahead and you know you know pick the game with my heart and pick Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, but I would <sighs> not be shocked one bit if the Vikings won this game. Look, I. I've been saying this from the beginning of the season that the coaching staff is going to be the downfall of, of this Buccaneers team. Mm-hmm. It would be not, it would be nice I to see Tom Brady, now. Tom Brady playing a, with a, you know, a legit coach again, had he come back to new England, but that's a whole other story. Uh, you know, I think the coaching staff, is, unless they figured it out on their bye week which they haven't, you know, if, if, if you're not, listen, it, with how arrogant Bruce Aarons is with his offense, mm-hmm. they're not going to figure out in two weeks. Like if, it, if at this point now, 13 weeks in, they're not going to be able to fix it in, in my mind. Especially if they keep getting these injuries. If like if Evans doesn't play, I mean, that's a pretty big piece of their offense right there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So. Cool. Uh, any last second thoughts on this uh, on this game before we move on? I love Tom Brady. I love oh, him more. Here we go. I mean, give, give me the peen. <laughs> give me the Tom go, Brady go. peen. Skull. 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 I'm gonna get. Skull. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a tattoo that just says Tom Brady peen. <laughs> my oh my god. Uh, all right. Let's move on to one of the best games of the week. Probably the best oh, game Oh, I of think the week. it is the game of the week at game this point. Game of the week. The Let's 11 and 1 Pittsburgh Steelers coming off an insane loss to the Washington Re- football team. I almost said Redskins. Oh, nice catch. Uh, uh, against the 9-3 Buffalo Bills. Um, Pumo, he got to win this game. <laughs> I'm, I'm going Buffalo in this game. I mean, the, the point spread's 2.5. Buffalo Pumo, are is you wearing two your uh, Are you wearing your uh, Bills hoodie right now? No, no, no. Underwear, though, but no hoodie. Okay. Um so B- Buffalo, two and a half point favorites, over unders at forty six. Uh, but I mean, this is a rematch from last year. Uh, they the, Buffalo went up to Pittsburgh. It's so weird, like when you go back and look at highlights and you see fans in the stands. I, I really don't know what to do. It's like a re- it's like a relic from a former era. But um, you they they played last year. Buffalo won seventeen to ten. Um, but. They Buffalo's hitting on all cylinders right now. I mean, they looked. If this is what the offense can look like, you know, moving forward with you know Josh Allen airing it out for almost 400 yards and four touchdowns, was actually smart with the ball, didn't turn it over, didn't put it on the ground. Uh, this offense is going to be something to watch moving forward, especially going into the playoffs. The defense they have been uh, kind of you know getting whipped around a bit prior to the bye week, but. You know they're they're coming on strong. Uh, they they just activated Matt Milano off of the uh, injured reserve list prior to the uh, the the Forty um, Niners game, and this this defense looks to be on a on an upward trend, especially with Milano back playing opposite of Tremaine Edmonds, who I like coming out of the draft a few few years ago. Um, I, I think we saw the blueprint of how to kind of beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and that's be the bully and play physical football and, and kind of just play aggressive on defense and impress man. And I mean, we saw it on, on Monday. Well, some people didn't because of broadcast rights, <laughs> but I mean, they had, the Steelers had eight drops in that game. They had nine drops a game before. And I mean, I said at one point on Twitter, Ebron is French for stone hands. I mean, he kept dropping, everything because he was already anticipating contact because the the Washington football team was just playing super aggressive and press man at times and just getting in these people's faces. Juju Smith-Schuster was neutered uh, in the, in the pass catching uh, area things. Um, this offense is kind of on tilt for the Steelers right now. Um, James Connors coming back off the COVID list. Thank God Benny Snell had me sweating out a fantasy football game. Um, but I, I, I like Buffalo in this matchup. I think their defense can do exactly what Washington did, and even Baltimore to an extent the game before. Uh, so give me the two and a half for Buffalo. I kind of like the under of 46, especially because they're playing at home in Buffalo, and it's going to be freezing. It is what it is. Roger, you got win this game. Oh, Puma, Puma, Puma. You and I have had a nice back and forth on this. Oh, man, I should have taken screenshots and put it up and have people figure out whose take it to the bank it was. Look, look. The Steelers' defense all year has has played out of their mind. You know, T.J. Watt could be defensive Defensive player of the year year Mm -hmm. this year um, out there in Pittsburgh. You know, they did lose Joe Hayden in that game to a concussion on – on Sunday against uh, the Washington football team. But, you know, 
you can compare it to last year all you want. The Steelers did not have Ben Roethlisberger last year in in that game. That offense, I mean, you can say what you want about the drops. I'd be okay if Eric Ebron went away. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he was killing me in that game. I mean, even though I was rooting for the Steelers to lose so the Patriots can maintain their 16-0 regular season record. Um, don't make a comment, Puma. But um, I mean, I, we, we, we won the championship. <laughs> we, we saw the mission through. But anywho. <laughs> uh, we could debate that all you want. But Here we go. No, anyways. Hopefully, look, hopefully look, someone Morris has broken his hip <laughs> celebrating that. Nah, uh, nah, nah. Larry Zonka went over with the, with the whiskey. It, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, the, the Steelers are going to get back Pouncey, uh, center Pouncey and uh, James Conner back for this game. And, you know, they're getting healthier on offense. I love me some Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and yeah. Juju out there. I, I like the Steelers' offense to, to put up points. You know, if there's any team that can really fight through the drops, I know they didn't last week. It's the Steelers. They did, they did it the week before against Baltimore. And, you know, they've been kind of thrown around uh, the last couple of weeks because of the COVID-19 uh, scheduling, you know, conundrum that the NFL has decided to jam down our throats. Uh, you know, the... 49ers on Monday night against, you know, playing Buffalo, their corners were atrocious in that game. I was getting so triggered on Twitter and in text messages of the way that that, that secondary played that game. Um, I like that the Steelers can come out and get more pressure on um, uh, Josh Allen in this game, maybe confuse him a bit more. This is why this is my take-it-to-the-bank game. Oh. I like Pittsburgh oh. to go into Buffalo and right their ship. Uh, this week, um, I depending on the weather, I haven't seen a forecast. Uh, I, I think it could be, uh, you know, you could hit the over in this game, but you know, I, I like Pittsburgh to go up there and win right their ship and uh, and continue as the one seed in the AFC moving forward. Take it to the bank, Puma. Oof. Yeah, okay. We'll, 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 we're gonna have fun on Sunday night going back and forth, uh, but <laughs> uh, but. But Steelers-wise, like, they, they just added uh, linebacker Vance Williams to the COVID reserve list. They're going to be without Robert Spillane. Devin Bush is out. I, I mean, I get it. It was last year. They didn't have a quarterback. But, like, for the most part, this defense has been the same. I, mm, e, mm, I don't know, Burge. Well, why aren't you calling it a shootout yeah. then? Why aren't you calling it a shootout because, then? Only because, because, only because of how bad the drops it, – it, it's gone so bad with the drops in Pittsburgh that Mike Tomlin basically laid down the gauntlet in the press and said, if you can't hold on to the football, we will replace you with people who will. And mm-hmm. we are in week 14, and you have to come out and say that after having almost back-to-back games of, of eight-plus drops in, in must-have-it winning situations. And – you know, they're going to be going up to Buffalo. I guarantee you it's going to be at least 32 degrees for a high on Sunday night. And I, I, I just I just don't see them being able to hold on to the football. Is this is this a Sunday night game this week? Sunday night. Yep. Eight, eight oh, man. NBC. Oh, Puma. Mm-hmm. Oh, Puma. It's be fun times. Mm-hmm. I am logging off at work exactly at 6 o'clock and start pre-gaming <laughs> so I can get juiced up to start talking shit in the group chat. We should we should all do like an Instagram <laughs> live on the Purple Radio page and just talk shit during this game. <laughs> yes. I hate yes. both of the teams in this game. I'm not a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, although Mr. Dan Bolio loves to chirp me about being a Steelers fan for some reason. I had to give him Dan a shout-out. Dan just needs to go this. back underneath the bridge. No, 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 no. <laughs> he, he loves trolling me on that. 
but you know, I give it back to him. He actually convinced one of his buddies that I actually was a Steelers fan, mm. based on my posts. But wow. g- give me the Pittsburgh here, dude. We'll we'll have a fun back and forth Sunday night. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Well, listen, Burge, I would love nothing more than to, you know, jump on that fuck the Bills bandwagon, which I always think anyways, fuck the Bills because I hate them so much. But I, I can't see them. Boo. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't see the Steelers winning this game. I, I'm going to take the Bills to win this game, man. Because strictly on the eye test, Buffalo's, I think, playing better than Pittsburgh as of lately. Um I think Pittsburgh is kind of like the Patriots from last year where they started out high, you know, and kind of, you know, you saw the chinks in the armor and then they kind of unraveled. I think we might be at that spot for the Steelers. Um, I do think that, you know, you saw it coming the last couple of weeks that they weren't playing their best. And Mike Tomlin goes into post post conference, uh, press conference after the game and kind of says, you know, we suck and all this other shit. So I, I can see them unraveling here. Um, and, and that's why I'm going to go with the Bills here. I, I think it's going to be like a higher scoring game. Um, I think it's going to be an aerial shootout. I think we're looking for maybe like a 34-31 win for the Bills in this game. I love being on an island. Bring it on. <laughs> what is this? Like Keanu Reeves in that gif where he's like facing all the samurai and he's just like the one guy out there taking the sword out of the sheath. All right, Burge. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Sunday night. Give me a reason to watch football on Sunday. Let's go. Uh, and then finally, the Monday Night Football game, we've got the 7-5 and five Baltimore Ravens taking on the 9-3 and three Cleveland Browns. Let that sink in for a second. I totally forgot yeah. these guys were 9-3. and three. Um, Brennan, who you got winning this game, man? I know, I know, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna pick this team, and I, I, I think I actually, actually bet Cleveland, um, and I'm probably gonna end up crying later, but I, I'm taking Cleveland to win this game. Mm-hmm. Cleveland's one point dogs. The over unders at 56, uh, but I, I really liked what I saw out of the the Cleveland Browns offense on Sunday, and, and and I know like the knock on the record is, oh well, they always total up when they face like a playoff caliber, you know, team. Uh, on the regular season, all these all these wins are against like cupcake kind of teams, and I, I know like the defense started to give points back in the second half, but mm-hmm. they absolutely boat raced the Tennessee Titans on Sunday. Uh, I, Baker Mayfield, uh, he he had what like four touchdowns in the first half, twenty five of thirty three for three hundred and thirty four yards. Uh, Jarvis Landry even threw a pass to him, and it was kind of funny seeing. Baker Mayfield with like a little toe tap on the sideline. It, w- it was it was something to be seen. Uh, but I, I really like what did they're doing. Did you see d- that catch he made? That was a beautiful catch. Mm-hmm. Like I, right? I, I think I think he can go back to the huddle when a wide receiver drops a pass and be like, you couldn't catch that, bro? You couldn't you catch that? What, did you, you see you me? you see what I did? <laughs> I'm doing progressive commercials and toe, ta- toe, da- yeah. toe tapping. Like, come on now. Tony two um, tap. <laughs> Call me too tap, <laughs> but no. Uh, real, really though, I like what this offense looks like. Uh, Kevin Stefanski should be getting some love as mm-hmm. you know a possible head coach of the year, mm-hmm. considering what this dumpster fire of a roster was last year under Freddie Outhouse. Because I'm not using his actual last name. You can look up the the head coach last year uh, for his actual name. But uh, let's be honest too. This offense seems to have been operating a bit more smoothly, not just because Nick Chubb came back, but because Odell's not in the lineup anymore. Mm-hmm. This offense yep. seems to be more balanced. They're not trying to force feed the football to anybody. And I, I think this is going to continue to roll. Baltimore got a, a must win against Dallas on Monday, uh, but they're going to be going up against the Cleveland Browns defense where Miles Garrett's back, and he's great at stopping the run. He's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. 
Um, give me give me Cleveland in this matchup, even though the running attack for the Browns might have an uphill battle because Calais Campbell will be back. But I still think uh, Nick Chubb and uh, and Kareem Hunt find a find the end zone a piece each. Bird, you got win this game, bud. Uh, you know I can't believe there there's actually a day where the Cleveland Browns are nine and three and in the playoffs and the Patriots are are not. I mean it's it stinks to stinks to think about. Um, look. I, I, I kind of echoing with what Puma is saying here with buying the Cleveland Browns this week and probably going to cry on Sunday when they choke it away. Um, I agree 100% about Kevin Stefanski, about him being a front runner for coach of the year, do, you know, given what he's done with this team. Um, the Ravens did get their must win against a bad Dallas, bad Dallas team on, uh, on Monday Dallas. night. I know, I know. I, Dallas! Wor- worst rush defense in the league, and the Ravens ran all over them. Um, you know, the Cleveland Browns, I mean, granted, they the Titans went down early, but they held Derrick Henry to to just 60 yards on 15 carries in that game, um, which obviously I have bitterness towards because of my fantasy team needed him. Um, but, you know, I the Cleveland Browns, they, they can keep winning, and – you know, obviously for me as a Patriots fan, this is kind of a lose-lose game. We kind of need both the Browns and the Ravens to lose for the path to be alive for the Patriots. But I, I just think that the, the Cleveland Browns have kind of found something that's worked. And, um, you know, they're going to they're gonna win this game. And uh, we'll say we'll say 31 to 24 in this game. I, I do think that the Ravens uh, will score some points. Dude, I, I thought about this quite a bit, and I really don't know – Who's going to win this game? Like, I can literally flip a coin and, and see that both teams can win this game. Um, you know, on, on both ends, like, I think the, the Cleveland win against the Titans this past week was, was great. But I think it's more of a, you know, I need to see it more often for me to believe in that kind of performance from those guys. I think they just had a great day. And I think that the Titans just didn't show up for the first half. I think when they finally did show up in the second half, they had some pride. They got some points on the board and it was much closer. Um, and it actually got closer towards the end of the game. But on the other end, I mean, the Ravens, man... I, like, I don't know what to make of them either. There's some weeks where they look horrific, some weeks where they look great. The one thing that's going to be key here is I do think that Ravens' defense is going to put up quite the fight. Um, I do think they're going to be able to negate some of that um, two-headed running rushing attack from Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, and I think it's going to come down to Baker throwing the ball to win the game. And if Baker can replicate his first-half performance from last week, then, yeah, sure, I can see the, the Browns winning, but... But I really don't know, man. Like, this is one of those times where I'm just going to be like, I have no idea. Either team can win, and we'll see what happens Monday night. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, Baker Mayfield could come out and lay an egg against, mm-hmm. you know, a divisional opponent. And who knows? Lamar Jackson could come out and run for 200 yards, yeah. for all we know. It, it could go either way. I just I, I can't pick against the Browns in this game just the way that they've, they've been playing lately. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right, um, you guys want to hit up the Take It to the Bank Parlay, huh, Puma? Yes, sir. So if uh, for those keeping track at home, the Take It to the Bank Parlay this week, we have Jay taking the New England Patriots plus the points, plus four and a half. Uh, Burge taking the Pittsburgh Steelers money line. <laughs> Shame on this man. And uh, I'm, taking the, I'm taking the Vikings plus six and a half uh, against Tampa Bay. 
Uh, real quick, some of my personal bets, some of my personal tickets that I placed in the great state of New Jersey this morning, uh, yeah. courtesy of DraftKings, the unofficial official betting platform of the Pro Football Radio podcast. I have the Carolina Panthers going up against the Denver Broncos. Carolina is favored by three and a half. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is uh, historic against the spread. Give me the Panthers, even though Christian McCaffrey may miss with a shoulder slash quad injury. I got the Cleveland Browns plus one, Buffalo Bills minus two and a half. Washington football team against the 49ers, three and a half point dogs. Give me that all day. I have a lot of exposure to the Giants this week. I took the Giants money line on top of the Giants points. They're one and a half point dogs versus the Arizona Cardinals. And the L.A. Rams, I took the um, – I'm laying the points tonight against New England. I'm taking the uh, the four and a half. And um, one bet that I didn't place, and I'm kind of glad I didn't, is the Dolphins plus seven versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Kansas City has been 0-4 against the spread the last couple of weeks, but uh, they're, they're facing a, do- uh, a Dolphins offense that doesn't have really an offensive identity at this point. And uh, I think this is going to be a get-right game for for the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, I think they they uh, they cover. Uh, but I was kicking the tires on taking the Dolphins as seven-point dogs. But when I saw the public money coming in on Miami, I kind of got scared off by my own favorite team. Yeah, <laughs> Puma, are you uh, are you taking a drive out to Jersey next Thursday? Uh, next Thursday, yeah, probably. I might I might join you, man. I've been, okay. uh, I've been flirting with the idea of maybe putting some money back in. I uh, I kind of you Degenerate. know got scared. I got scared that one uh, that one week where I lost one hundred twenty dollars and I was still able to get over the fact that you know fucking Cincinnati beat Tennessee like like how, how am I supposed to know that how am I supposed it's fine. to know that it's fine man I got one hundred sixty bucks on the line this week it's okay but real quick though in regards to betting in the great state of Connecticut there was. Uh, some headway between DraftKings and I believe it is the tribe that runs Foxwoods that they they may have an agreement in place. I don't know if it's going to be like North Carolina where sports betting is legal in the state, but you have to physically be on tribal property or go up to a counter to do to place the bet. But we might not have to drive to New Jersey. We might have to drive to the other end of the state of Connecticut but at least we're not driving over the tap and then through oh the New God, Jersey Turnpike. The tap. Fuck the tap. You it's guys not- should just move to New Hampshire, baby. Yeah, hey, I was already up there, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mohegan Sun's a much better drive than the drive out to New Jersey. Uh-huh. Plus, we'll hit up Sarah O. See what she's up to in, in Yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is true. Um, Those right. are my best bets this week. Cool, cool. All right, and then the final segment of the day, we're going to talk about some fantasy advice from... Eric Burgess, a.k.a. Fantasy Bulls with the Burge. So, how you guys doing uh, making the playoffs this week? I got uh, I got two teams uh, that are going to be fighting in the playoffs this week. How about you guys? Yeah, listen, I got a weird thing here in my league. Uh, this is the first year I'm doing this league with, with my buddies back from Columbus. And, and you know, they, they got a buy for, like, the top two seeds, which is kind of mm-hmm. weird. So, this week I'm just kind of sitting out doing nothing, which is kind of weird. But uh, I have no advice. I have no questions for you this week. Burge, for for me, it it comes down to the running back, you know, confidence meter for for two guys. Uh, You have the the Bengals at home versus the Dallas Cowboys, which they were a sieve against the Baltimore Ravens rushing attack on Monday night. But it's the Bengals, their offensive lineman, first round pick last year, Jonah Williams was placed on IR. Joe Mixon is going to miss this game. 
and a, a Finley will be a quarterback. We just don't know which one it is. Um, do, do, do you have any confidence in starting Giovanni Bernard this week if, if you are a manager that has him on your roster? Over who? Uh, let's see. You, your example. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., uh, Antonio Brown, which I think I might just leave him in there given how banged up the wide receiver position is for the Bucks right now. Uh, I mean, Kenyon Drake is questionable at this point. I mean, would you would you would you start Giovanni Bernard regardless of who who is in the flex? Any I confidence? Mean, you you, you got to love the matchup. Right, playing one of the if not the worst running defenses in the league in the Cowboys. Um, you know, you, you got to think that they're going to need to run to, uh, you know, open up the passing game for their backup quarterbacks there. One of the Finleys. I mean, I haven't even been paying attention to the Bengals. But, you know, y- y- at this point, you've got to think about the matchup. And the matchup is very favorable to the lead back in Cincinnati, which, because Joe Mixon is out, you're very much looking at Giovanni Bernard as being that guy. I know last week, you, you know, he didn't have that great of a performance, but the matchup this week screams smash. But I'm not ready for you. In your case, I'm not ready to write off Michael Pittman Jr. either. He's he's, he's come mm-hmm. on of late, um, you know, and, you know, is, is this a PPR league that you're in? Yeah, full PPR. <sighs> I might go call. Pittman, but, like, if, you know, with, with Kenya Drake being questionable now – and I don't know how this happened to me with waivers, but I have Bernard or Mike Davis if I need to, and Mike Davis might be the lead back versus Denver because Absolutely. Christian McCaffrey might be out. Uh, that, I think you got to make the decision Sunday morning, and you and I can, you know, you can we can touch base on Sunday. But like in terms of Kenyon Drake, I'm more or less fading him at this point. I mean, and full PPR. I mean, he's had you know a couple of good weeks here. You know, he's very touchdown dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, you know, in his fantasy results, I mean, before the last three weeks where he's averaged, you know, 16, 24, 13 points, um, uh, in full PPR, he just hasn't been all that impressive. He's very, very touchdown dependent. And if you don't get the touchdown out of him, you're not really going to get that, you, you know, what you need out of him as, as, as your, as your running back. So. Gotcha. That's all I got. That was my running back trustometer question, and Burge nailed it. Um, Burge, anything else before we get to the uh, playoff picture? So I got a question for for more or less Jay here, because I know mm-hmm. Puma doesn't want to hear about the Patriots, but mm-hmm. if the Patriots lose tonight and mm-hmm. miss the playoffs, mm-hmm. do you consider this season a complete, utter failure uh, on the part of Bill Belichick uh, as the coach? And the New England Patriots franchise. Yes, of course. We don't hang banners for eight and eights, seven and nines. We weren't good enough to make the playoffs. It's a bad season. We need to rebuild for the future. I don't, I think that answer. I, I think answer is fairly self-explanatory. It's a bad season. I, it's a failure. I uh, see. If this team finishes eight and eight or nine and seven, I, I I do not consider it a complete and utter failure. Um, I consider it a personnel failure, meaning the fact that they did not address certain needs regardless of the opt-outs that occurred on defense uh they didn't address personnel issues on offense in this uh this year uh outside of the quarterback position we'll forget that one but you know the skill positions with the wide receivers and the tight ends they really didn't do enough to address it now that is a failure 
But the fact that this, if this team, the way that, you know, everything that they've battled this year with the opt-outs, the COVID uh, issue early in the season, if this team is a 500 team or a nine and seven team, I have a hard time calling it a complete and utter failure. Yes, it is a disappointing result, but it is not a complete and utter failure. They maintained their culture of winning by not tanking. And, you know, I think that speaks volumes going forward for this team, and it will make me very excited for the offseason. Yeah, listen, man, and I think uh, it's speaking of of the playoff picture. Let me actually lay the foundation on that as well. So we've got the in the AFC, we've got the Steelers at the number one seed because they got the tiebreaker over the Chiefs at 11 and one. Uh, At number two seed, we've got the Chiefs at 11 and one. We've got the Bills at nine and three. Uh, We've got the fourth seed, the Titans at eight and four. We've got the Browns as the first wild card team at nine and three. We've got the Dolphins at eight and four, and then the Colts as the final. Uh, wild card spot in eight and four, and then the first three teams looking in, we've got the Raiders at seven and five, the Ravens at seven and five, and the Patriots at six and six. I mean, listen, we are the third team looking into the final playoff spot. Um, we need for us to win out and still have only an eight percent chance of getting into the playoffs. Like, I mean, even if the record is nine and seven, I guess you can take a little small victory out of that. But like, what does it accomplish, right? At the end of the day, if you're eight and eight, seven and nine. You know, great. You're a middle of the pack team now. I, I, as a Patriots fan, you know, don't get all excited about that. And in my eyes, anything less than making it to the playoffs and win the Super Bowl is a failure, right? I mean, we're not gonna, we're not gonna revert to those teams. <laughs> we're not gonna revert to those teams like the, like the, the Dolphins were, or I don't oh. know, like, like you know, let's see the Chargers who are happy that they got a, a quarterback and they're three and seven. But for us, for teams that are the blue bloods in the NFL, whether it's the Steelers or the Patriots, I mean, they're built i mean they're they're judged on their playoff performance and their super bowls and i think that's the standard we have to uphold and before if you don't uphold that standard then you become the the dolphins to, to unrealistic. <laughs> all right all right enough of the shots across the bow you're talking as a guy that i mean jay like you're talking as a guy that that has never experienced what life was for a patriots fan prior to 2001 this team for all the blue-bloodedness that it is right now, was a laughingstock. They kept Rob, Bob Kraft, when he bought the team, kept kick, kicking the tires on, I'm, I'm going to hold Foxborough hostage. And if I don't get a new stadium, I'm going to move to Hartford, Connecticut. I, I mean, Chris Russo can write books on that one. This team has, uh. has really not been a blue-blood franchise throughout the entirety of its existence up until 2001. So this is what normal franchises go through this is an off year this is a rebuild and as a guy with no skin in the game for for all the things that have been going on with the covid and cam newton getting covid and you couldn't practice essentially live live tackling live practices for two weeks they're finally starting to click a little bit even if they miss the playoffs or they finish eight and eight i think that is uh that is a small victory considering what 2020 has been overall throughout the entirety of the NFL. And I saw a stat uh, on Monday, I think it was Monday. Yeah, on Monday when they were talking, it was the Steelers-Washington uh, game. And they showed the the winning season record each year for Mike Tomlin since he's been a head coach. And he's only had two 8-8 eight and eight seasons. And, you know, that's, that's considered almost, you know, Mount Rushmore-esque of, of head coaching right there. And I, I think even if... The, Bill Belichick gets an eight and eight, uh, eight and eight win season. I know it's you know not what New England Patriot fans are used to, 
but that should be a little bit of a, a notch in people's belt of considering the totality of the situation. I'm never, was, I'm was never it the one. Second uh, Dolphins dig that got you. Was that the one that? <laughs> no, I just didn't want to cut. You. No, I just didn't want to cut you off. But like, you know, you you keep you keep bantering, uh, uh, and 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 it's fine. It's fine. Like the, there are there there are there are fans that haven't experienced what life was prior to to Drew Bledsoe being drafted and only having Ben Coates to throw to and and kind of wasting you know key pieces on the defensive line at times prior to to Bill Belichick and and Tom Brady and Bob Kraft getting their their marriage and magical run for 20 years like that but that that is what life was prior to 2001 so this they're going to have to rebuild they're going to have to retool and I think this is going to be the one off season where you know Bill is really not going to be in a position to trade down out of the first round to get draft picks. I think he is going to have to make a splash in the first round. And even if Cam Newton is the bridge guy, right? Like you have to address key pieces on the defensive line at times or or the offensive line at this point, because Isaiah Wynn hasn't panned out and the the team's getting older. I think they're uh, either the oldest or top three oldest teams in the NFL right now. And Julian Edelman's going to be a cap casualty in the offseason. So they're going to have to rebuild in free agency and in the draft. And there's going to be a plethora of free agents out there because teams are in cap hell. And they're going to have to get under a, a salary cap that's expected to be lower than what it was last year. Look, look, real quick, final point on this. You have to understand, well, Jay, what we witnessed the last 20 years. I don't want to call it an anomaly because 20 years is not an anomaly, but... It is a run that has never been seen before in the NFL. And it was a perfect marriage between the greatest quarterback and the greatest coach of all time. And, you know, the fact that they lost the greatest coach of all, I'm sorry, the greatest player of all time this year. And they're still in the hunt for the playoffs and maybe may not finish with a losing record is an absolute win um, for this team. And, you know, it's, it's got me excited for the future, you know, you know, you can say what you want about the quarterback position and how you want them to draft one high. I don't. I want them to address the other positions before they do that. And if they have to go to a game manager-esque type offense, I'm okay with that. That's what the Patriots were when they first started the dynasty. Brady was a game manager the first couple of years here in, in New England, and, and it worked out, and the, the continuity was Yeah, but it was a different was NFL. I mean, this NFL dictates that you must throw the ball – at a very efficient rate to win in this NFL, even teams I mean, that look at Alex Smith right now, you, you can be efficient. Look, you can be efficient yes, and not fine. throw out all over all over the place. You can that's be efficient fine, and not turn the ball over. When's the last time? Like, listen, the way I see the NFL, Nick Foles. The way I see, the, yeah, but he threw the hell out of that ball. He when he needed to throw the ball, he threw the ball. The way I see the NFL panning out is, even if you are a run dominant team and you have a game manager, that's not good enough to win a Super Bowl. It's very rare for you to win the Super Bowl with that. Um, I, when's the last time that actually happened, right? So I think that's where me and what my you know hard-headedness comes into play here is, you know, at the end of the day, we were told for 20 years that, that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. And that's he fine, is. he is. But unfortunately, his bad GM decision-making skills are really catching up to us now, man. Like, you look across the, on that roster, like, who are you excited about in the future that isn't on a one-year contract or like a Cam Newton type player? There's a few, but it's not enough for us to build uh, a good, like, you know, core for the for the next four or five years as well. If Pete Carroll was here in New England this year, what would their record be? 
what like maybe oh uh, maybe like a four and eight or a five and seven I mean, you think, it's that, you think it's that close? That's one or two games off of six and six. Yeah, uh, man. See, I, like, I disagree with that. I disagree. Like, we'll be that. able to beat the Jets twice. We would probably. I mean, hell, you can go back to Pete Carroll when he was the head coach of the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. He took Parcells' team and ran it into the ground. Yep. So, I, I don't know. I, I, I like what I like the fact that they're keeping the culture going this year. They're not tanking for a draft pick. They're keeping the winning culture going, even if it doesn't get them to where they need to be. They keep it's it's great for the the continuity of the of the franchise going into next season, and this off season they're going to have money to spend. They're one of the teams that's not in cap hell. Heat in the bottom, and you know who knows. Yeah, listen, and let's finish out this uh, this playoff picture real quick, and we'll talk about who's going to go to the Super Bowl on on the NFC side. The number one seed we've got the ten and two Saints. Number two seed we got the Packers at nine and three. Number three we got the Rams at eight and four. Number four, you got the five and seven Giants. Number five, you got the Seahawks at eight and four, getting the first wild card spot. Uh, the Buccaneers are at seven and five, and then the last wild card spot at number seven for the Vikings at six and six, because they got the tiebreaker over the Cardinals. And then the, the first uh, couple of teams looking in, you've got the uh, the Cardinals at the eighth seed at six and six, and then you've got like three five and seven teams, like four five and seven teams actually: Bears, Lions, 49ers, and 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 the Redskins. So. Uh, my apologies, the football team. But the question I want to pose is, you know, I ask this every week now. Essentially, has your Super Bowl prediction changed with the most up-to-date recent information you've received from the NFL? I mean, I'm going to stick to my guns. I, I'm, I'm going to stick with my guns. I know it was my let's get nuts pick of Steelers-Cardinals. Are you, are you a little I'm, concerned about the Cardinals or are you still uh... – I mean, a little bit. I think my, my mindset is – the shoulder is going to get better for Kyler if it's if it's still a problem, and it clearly still is at times, and playing in the cold weather of the Northeast isn't going to help anything. But, I mean, I, I said it earlier, like, it's 2020, it's COVID. Like, we're, we're one positive test away from, you know, some teams having their house of cards come down and some teams sneaking in the playoffs because of that. So I'll still stick with my Steelers-Cardinals pick for the Super Bowl. But, like, in my opening segment – I don't think it's that far beyond the realm of possibility that if Washington is able to string a four, four more, uh, a few more oh. wins together, that they could sneak in as a wild card team. And especially like, like you said, Jay, like the Buccaneers schedule is not going to get e- any easier after mm-hmm. this. They have to win this game against Minnesota. Minnesota needs to win it too to keep pace in the NFC North. And if Washington streaks a few wins together, it gets some help. I don't think it's beyond the realm that you might have two NFC East teams in the playoffs. Yeah, Birch, how about you, man? You still got uh, – what was your Super Bowl picks? I honestly don't remember. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I got no doubt that it's changed a bit. I, I You know, I, I think I picked the, the, the Titans and the Cardinals early on here. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to fade on that now. Um, you know, I, I'll admit my L's on that. <laughs> I I – I, I, my, my pick right now is, you know, Green Bay is balling out. That offense is great. The defense is playing well as well. I like Green Bay to get there. And, you know, we're going to get this marquee quarterback matchup that we wanted in New England for the longest time with Brady Rodgers. It's going to be the Packers and the Chiefs. Until the Chiefs show me otherwise that they're not mm-hmm. going to be able to find a way to win games. I know that they're, they're definitely vulnerable. There's no, flawed te- no unflawed team in the NFL this year. And so that I, I on a Sunday the Chiefs, they can win. Not to cut you off there, but I think with the Chiefs, I mean, I've been I've been thinking about that quite a bit. 
and they seem vulnerable, sure, but I think it could be just a, a design of just how great they are, man. I think they're at that level now, and we've seen this as Patriots fans, where sometimes the regular season got boring for us, right? And, you know, we're just waiting for the playoffs. Because I do believe when they won, they turn it on. It's like nobody can even, nobody in the AFC can, can match that. And, and I think that's what's happening with the Chiefs right now. And I'll agree to that. The Chiefs are going to go to the Super Bowl from the AFC. And from the NFC, I still got the Saints. I mean, their defense is just, that's what's carrying them the last three weeks with, with Drew Brees being out. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what the Eagles-Saints uh, game is going to be this week. Um, I'm surprised nobody has brought up the whole Jalen Hurts thing yet because <laughs> I'm sure the Puma would be triggered on that. But No, 44 think, completion percentage. I, I'm just going to say still, that. I still think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with the Saints and the Chiefs for now. You know, just real quick, final thought on the Chiefs. You know, they, they can't go through another playoffs where they get down so much and yeah. find a way to come back. You know, I think I think there are teams in the AFC this this year that that will 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 capitalize on that. I mean, you look at what the Raiders have done to them. I mean, granted, they look lost at what Denver did to them. Exactly. Well, I mean, exactly. I mean, Denver Denver played bend but don't break defense. They they kept everything in front of them. And Kansas City, you know, it might be them getting bored from from rolling in the regular season. But I mean, the stats don't lie. They're towards middle of the pack at best in the red zone because their vertical threat is is neutered. Uh, if they get close to, you know, goal-to-go yeah. situations. And I think, you know, that's going to be a problem in the playoffs if that continues. And if people take what the Raiders and the Broncos did on the defensive side of the football and mesh that Hell, with the their Patriots offensive too. game plan. And, and the Pats, too. Exactly. So, like, if you neuter that, uh, that, that vertical threat, you know, all they have is crossers between Hardman and Tyreek Hill. And then, you know, I, I guess they hope – for a little bit more push on the offensive line and maybe uh, Clyde Edwards Zilair or or Le'Veon Bell can fall into the end zone. Well, so what, you're say, what you're saying is go. don't take that Todd Bowles and Bruce Aaron's approach and let Tyree Kill get 203 yards in the first uh, quarter is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, play every look, look. and that's what I don't understand is like play like play everybody like keep everything in front of you. Yeah. Like look. Jesus. I could say this if you could have the best game plan against the Chiefs and really be in it at the end. Every coach, every quarterback needs to understand that they need to manage the clock at the end of the game to not allow Patrick Mahomes a chance to go down the field in a short period of time because time and time again, this guy shows it. You could, you know, once I, um, I forget which game it was. It was probably the Raiders game, if I'm remembering right, where the, 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 the Raiders went down the field, scored a touchdown. They left a minute and 40 seconds on the clock at the end of the game. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes went down like that, like butter through, yep. like a knife through butter. Like, you you need to manage the clock and not allow that to happen. If if you know that's a big big game plan factor for any team facing them. Nice. Um, all right, cool. Um, is that it? Uh, do you guys want to get to anything else before we wrap up? I'm, Hot I'm take: ready. Buffalo upsets the Chiefs in the playoffs. Oh. Boom. <laughs> if that happens, Buffalo what? upsets the Chiefs in the playoffs. Insert no, Jim Carrey vomit meme. Yep. Yeah. There we go. Uh, you heard it here bit, first. A little bit of uh, breaking news uh, for the Patriots tonight. Patriots have activated tight end Devin Asiasi to the 53-man roster oh, and also boy. placed uh, tight end Ryan Izzo on injured reserve. Oh, wow. So, so we're actually going to be forced to see these guys. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, so we're going to be forced, forced, to, see Keen, forced to see Keen and Asiasi this, uh, tonight. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, but without any further ado, Puma, you want to plug it up? If we yeah, let's get the hell out of here. i got to get another beer and get ready for football. Um, so. Uh, this episode and previous episodes of the Pro Football Radio Podcast can be found on 
Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcast, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, YouTube, uh, under Pro Football Radio Podcast, social media, Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter, at PFR Podcast. I'm on the Twitter machine, Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. And Burge is at Burge the Goalie. Like, subscribe, download, hit us up on social media. Tell us if our parlay sucks and if uh, you lost money on it. Otherwise, and last week, eh, that thing got shredded to bits. But um, otherwise, enjoy a great weekend slate of football. Uh, Burge, I don't know if you're going back to the well with the rum and coke. I'm going to be going back upstairs and having a Hayes Ho New England style IPA from Graysale Brewing and uh, calling it a night. I'm going to stick with uh, some high quality H2O. Being being the responsible one. The guy who cracked a cold one at the beginning of the game of the podcast. Yep. Uh, it's been a great pleasure, fellas. We'll talk to you guys next week. Fire Let's go past, baby.